Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Good evening, dummies. Episode 179. It is Wednesday, June 30th, 7 p.m. Sorry I didn't go live. I am still recovering, feeling much better. Had a full day of work, got a workout in, got my show written, and I am ready to go. If I could just get this mic to do exactly what I want, which it's not working. Good to see you, dummies. Hope you are doing well. Episode 179 should be a barn burner this evening. It's storming in Virginia. It's raining, thundering, and I hope power maintains. Power on the East Coast is never consistent, to say the least. A lot in the news. Donald Rumsfeld passed away. You know, he was the warmongering Iraqi instigator, I guess, during the Bush junior administrator, along with Dick Cheney. And I have some feelings about Rumsfeld, but not necessarily all good. He was a dinosaur, an archaic, do-not-break-in-case-of-war-and-emergency type human being. Uh, So I don't have a lot of feelings about it. So I was going to talk about that tonight, but decided not to. Saw some things on the border. We'll talk about that tonight. I guess we can go into what we will talk about versus what we won't. But rest in peace, Mr. Donald Rumsfeld. I really don't care. Sorry. I thought he kind of was a little bit of a pompous dick. I I don't know about anyone else. He just, his hair, his attitude, he just smelled of old school spook and CIA. And I just... I don't know. Something about him makes me itch, makes my teeth itch. Dick Cheney was the same way. Did I tell you I met Dick Cheney uh, and actually had a briefing with Dick Cheney, but it's a whole other conversation. We don't need to talk about that. I want to touch your Jello pudding pop. I know, we've just met. It's just the first date, and already I'm talking about your Jello pudding pop. I'm actually talking about Bill Cosby. He is out of jail, and I don't feel particularly good about that. Now, A lot of people will say Bill Cosby is more of a right-wing or maybe even a conservative in a lot of his viewpoints and has bucked the tiger, and that makes him okay in their book. But I'm here to tell you that he was once an idol of mine from a comedic perspective, from a father figure, from a a focus of bridging the gap of multiracial comedy and TV sitcoms. He was a pioneer, but he was also a rapist. And I'm going to go through the litany of charges just so you make sure you understand because you don't hear it on Fox. You don't hear it on any of the other channels minus more liberal-focused channels. But on Newsmax, OAN, they just say Bill Cosby was released and there are sexual allegations. But I want to be clear, the evidence is daunting. Now, I wasn't there. And if I was, I probably would have a piece of the pie of his fortune. But alas, I didn't receive any roofies or Dayquil cocktails. But I'm sympathetic to the women who did. And once again, the evidence is overwhelming. We'll talk about that tonight. So bear with me. If you're a Cosby fan like I was, this might be a little jarring. The snarker, the berry, the sweeter, the juice. Snarker isn't a word, but I couldn't put darker, the berry, the sweeter, the juice, because that would be a little racist. So I just put the snarker, the berry, the sweeter, the juice, which sounds really nice. You're kind of snarky. 
And she is Gwen Berry, this Olympic athlete who's been throwing temper tantrums over the American flag and now comes out and says, I don't hate my nation. Oh, well, you had your chance, lady. And now, unfortunately, you've made your bed. You have to sleep in it. But she's eating up the attention. I'm going to tell you why she's full of shit as a Christmas goose tonight. And Yokiro border hell. Man, I'm telling you, my titles tonight are just going to get me in a heap of trouble if people don't listen until after this. Yokiro border hell. Yes, it's a Taco Bell reference, but it's about the border. Donald Trump was on the border. And we're going to talk about some of the numbers that we've seen in January and the steady decline from the Biden administration and Kamala Harris, who's quarterbacking this shit show. It's going to be an interesting show. It's going to be fun. I always say that, but tonight... I really, really promise. Usually I just promise. I really, really promise tonight. What's the difference between Bill Cosby and a small fencing sword? One's a little rapier. Recorded from an undisclosed location. Always honest. Always direct. So sit back. Relax. Don't unfriend me starts right now. Ooh, I want to touch your jelly putty pup. I can't do his voice. I, I I don't know how to do a Bill Cosby. My God, I've never tried. That was horrendous. How does he do it? He d- does the little mouth and the eyes, and he's like, mm, Jello pudding pup. Why do I sound like I'm in a 7 Eleven? Hello, my name is, uh, would you like a Slurpee? That was racist. I'm sorry. I, I'm not off to a good... I'm really screwing up, folks. Not all people from India work at 7-Eleven. They have Islamic people, too. Let's be fair. Some Korean people once in a while. Jeez, I'm going to get canceled. Oh, well. Hi, folks. My name is uh, Bob Smith, and I'm the host of Don't Unfriend Me. Please send all emails to bobsmith at don'tunfriendme.com and all complaints herein to... No, actually, my name is Matthew Spear, folks. It's wonderful to meet you. I tend to stray a little bit from the uh, normal politically correct line. And if you get offended easily, this show is definitely not for you. If you have a sense of humor, it very well may be. You'll find out tonight on episode 179. You know what we're going to talk about? The question is, is how do you find me? Well, obviously, you're watching this somewhere. But if Facebook or YouTube or a podcast isn't particularly your brand of vodka, you can go to some other sites. I'm on Anchor. I'm on Instagram. And you can find me on pretty much all major podcast platforms. And, of course, Facebook, where I live, eat, and breathe. Please do me a favor and give me a share, like, follow, subscribe, all of that. It means a lot. It keeps the lights on. It keeps me moving. I had my first advertiser contact me today, and I said, hey, what would you like me to advertise? It's really important to me that I go ahead and use the product that I endorse. And he goes, well, it's for ED medication. I said, which brand? Conversation didn't go further than that. Probably was Visalis. That shit doesn't work. I don't know. But the point is, folks, I'm only going to advertise things I truly believe in, whether it be grunt style t-shirts or flags of valor or Operation Second Chance or Veteran Crisis Hotline. I'm not into this to make money. I'm in this to have a hobby and supplement my midlife crisis. Where else can you find me if social media ain't your bag, baby? Well, you can find me at don'tunfriendme.com. It is your bag, baby. And that's not the Veteran Crisis Hotline. Damn it, I was almost exceptionally well. Don'tunfriendme.com, not Veteran Crisis Hotline. You can find me here. You can find my videos. You can find my podcast and some blogs and some stuff like that. 
And if you happen to need the Veteran Crisis Hotline and you were writing it down, there you go, 1-800-273-8255-PRESS-1. We'll do this at the end of the show. Be patient. Tonight, we're going over some great things. First, I want to talk about dum-dums and dummies. Dum-dums are the idiots who are on my page. These are the people who just come on here and regurgitate CNN or Fox News and have no idea about what the real world is like. They are most assuredly dum-dums. However, that's only about 2% of my population. The rest are dummies, which are the don't unfriend me's. It's an acronym. Barstool Sports have stoolies, and I have dummies. So if tonight is your first night, you are an honorary dummy, and if you have seen me more than once, well, then you are a veteran, a wily old veteran, and you know what's about to come. Remember, you may love me, you may hate me, we may agree, we may disagree. All I ask is that you don't unfriend me, and that doesn't mean I won't block you. You know, everyone is a shtick. And that's mine. Because my shows don't unfriend me, people go, oh, look at this guy. He's canceling me. He's blocking me. Yes, because you're an asshole. It has nothing to do, don't unfriend me doesn't mean not to block people. And cancel culture isn't blocking people. Cancel culture means boycotting. Cancel culture means taking somebody out of something by a group thinker mob mentality. This is just me getting rid of you because there's two rules I have. One is that you have to be factual. And the second is you don't have to be an asshole. And if you're either one of those, you're going to go away. So there you go. By the way, the shirt tonight is You're Muted. It's kind of apropos to the conversation. I want to touch your jello pudding pop. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said President Joe Biden remains an advocate for survivals, survivors of sexual assault following the Pennsylvania Supreme Court's decision to throw out Bill Cosby's conviction Wednesday. Here's Jen Psaki and what she had to say. This should be riveting. The president has long been an advocate for fighting against violence against women, and now she's about to tell you why her first statement is completely not true. Saki told reporters, for ensuring that we are raising the voices and the stories of people who have been survivors of sexual assault. That's something he has done throughout his career and will continue to do, she said, adding the White House did not have a specific comment on the court's decision. Well, that's what you just did was make a comment, and it made no sense. All you did was say, Joe Biden supports women by not supporting women. Congratulations, Jen Psaki. You must feel empowered. Cosby was freed from prison after Pennsylvania's highest court ruled he did not receive a fair trial in 2018. Huh, I wonder if it's the same court that did ballots. Can they get anything right? The former actor, once known as America's dad, was that created confliction for a lot of people, by the way. Anyway, we're not going to go there. Was sentenced to 10 years in state prison for drugging and sexually assaulting Andrea Constand at his home in 2004. The court found that a 2005 agreement had been violated between District Attorney Kevin Steele, the prosecutor who brought the case against Cosby, and District Attorney Bruce Castor. Huh, what took them the couple years while he was in jail to find this? Or could it have possibly been, let the news die down a little bit, since this is America's dad, and most of his life he did good things, and then he raped a whole bunch of women. So now we can go ahead and release this in a couple of years, and people won't care as much. Well, that happens all the time. Cosby was told he would not be charged when he gave testimony in the civil case filed by Constand. Reporters pushed Saki on the court's ruling, saying it did not prove Cosby's innocence and suggested it sends a negative message to survivors of sexual assault. When the fuck did the press become commentators? When did they become columnists? Aren't they just supposed to ask questions and get the answers versus giving their fucking opinion? I happen to agree with them in this case, but I'm really sick and tired of the media driving the narrative. 
Saki said she did not want to speak to a specific decision by a court, but said the president believes the voices and stories of women who are survivors of sexual assault are brave. Just not us. (laughs) He believes these women are courageous, she continued, adding Biden wants us to live in a country where they where women will feel comfortable moving toward and telling their story. So later the charges can be dismissed on a technicality. Jen Psaki, you suck. So let's go over it. I want to be clear. Bill Cosby is someone I grew up with. If you have not seen Bill Cosby himself, it is hands down by far, maybe outside of Eddie Murphy raw or Pablo Francisco's get down, get down again on comedy central. The greatest piece of comedy. Ooh, and Lewis black is pretty good. And so is Ron white. The point is, is it's in the top 10. Like, it's probably on the three-finger scales. I would cut on th- cut off three fingers just to continue to watch it for the rest of my life rather than not. Bill Cosby himself is the most fantastic piece of comedy ever. As far as parenting, childbirth, the, going to the dentist, getting drunk, doing cocaine, it has it all. And it's clean. And he says two or three bad words in the entire thing, proving that you don't have to be Eddie Murphy and say the C words to go ahead and get a laugh. Bill Cosby is a comedic genius. He's also done some horrible shit. And I'm going to go over it tonight. And this is going to be long. And you may not want to sit here and listen to the whole thing. You can forward. But I feel people need to stop defending him. Specifically, conservatives. I understand that every president election, every presidential election or senatorial or gubernatorial race that these women come out of the woodwork like with Brett Kavanaugh. They just come out. Oh, by the way, yeah, he raped me. I didn't say anything for 40 years. I was waiting for a Supreme Court nomination when everything would die down. Guess what? That's bullshit. We all know it's bullshit. This is not And here is the timeline. November 2002, Andrea Constant, director of operations for Temple University women's basketball team, allegedly met with Bill Cosby. Constant claims that Cosby, who had been a member of Temple's track and field and football teams, assumed a role as her mentor. January 2004, Constant, she visited Cosby at his Cheltenham, Pennsylvania home to discuss career advice, and after allegedly, according to a civil lawsuit she would later file, given her herbal pills to ease her anxiety, Cosby touched her breasts and vaginal area. He rubbed his ee-hoo-ha, whatever, whatever, and penetrated her. Okay, great. That's horrible. Horrible. The question I have for you is, why are you going to Bill Cosby's personal home? It's just a question. It doesn't mean she deserved it. It doesn't mean it needed to happen. The point is is that the rumors at this point were out there. The speculation was out there. It was on the campus. Why would you go to a weird guy's home? I don't care who it is. Didn't we learn this from Michael Jackson? If you didn't, just ask Macaulay Culkin. January 13, 2005, Constan, who had since moved near Toronto to study massage therapy. Interesting. I'm just saying it's interesting. You know the rumors about in-home massages. Accuses Cosby of inappropriate touching. I'm not going to keep going into all the details. He groped her, touched her in areas she shouldn't have. To Canadian authorities, she reported this. Cosby lawyer calls her allegation utterly preposterous and plainly bizarre. It's the first allegation. Now it's not the first. This is the first one that makes the media and wasn't hushed up. 2005, ABC reports that the interaction between Constan and Cosby, who was at this point cooperating with the investigation, might have been consensual. Very well could have been. 2005, February, Tamara Green, a California lawyer, appears on the Today Show and alleges that Cosby drugged and sexually assaulted her in the 1970s. Green tells Matt Lauer, which is just an 
freaking just you can't make this shit up matt lauer matt lauer sits across from her and goes tell me how he uh how he raped you whack 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 no no can you say it slower and a little more of a husky voice matt fucking lauer the guy's like second to bill cosby as one of the biggest sexual assaulters and rapists allegedly i don't want to get sued by matt lauer by the way you have male pattern baldness that Cosby had given her pills to combat a fever, drove her to her apartment, and began groping, kissing, touching, and handling me, taking off my clothes. According to Green, Cosby left two $100 bills on her coffee table afterwards. She needs to get some standards. That's really not good money for all of that. You should at least be charging per instance. It makes... Okay, that's horrible. I'm sorry. Cosby's lawyer issues a statement. Miss Green's allegations are absolutely false. Mr. Cosby does not know the name of Tamara Green or Tamara Lucier, her maiden name, and the incident she describes did not happen the fact that she may have repeated this story to others is not cooperation now we have two and the lawyer is up there with a straight face and going this is just preposterous highly unlikely unbelievable i can't believe it after like the 27th he's like this is improbable February 7, 2005, citing a lack of evidence, the investigating district attorney in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, announces he will not act on Constant's accusation and bring criminal charges against Cosby. This is why he's out in jail today. March 2005, Constant files a civil complaint against Cosby. The five-count lawsuit charges Cosby with battery and assault and asks for at least $150,000 in damages because that should make everything okay. Not... 13 women who allege similar experiences as Constant and Green are mentioned in court papers as Jane Doe witnesses. We're now up to like 15. May 2005. Literally every month, more proverbial shit comes out about this. He's not running for office, folks. He's not running for Supreme Court. This is Bill Cosby. He's like got one foot in the grave. On Constant's civil lawsuit, she alleges the comedian gave her three blue pills, which she said was herbal medication. Cosby's lawyers, however, issue a court filing and attempt to clarify that the comedian merely gave Constant one and a half tablets of Benadryl. Okay, let me be completely honest. I take one and a half tablets of Benadryl and I am seeing bats fly out of my bathroom. That shit is insane. We used to play a little game in college, which is see who can go ahead and take NyQuil and Benadryl and then take a shot and not die. Benadryl is horrible. It is more than likely for a person who's under a certain weight, extremely dangerous and could be considered a date rape drug. It literally knocks people out. June 2005, Jane Doe 5 goes public. Beth Ferrier claims she was in a relationship with Cosby in the mid-1980s, one that ended when he allegedly drugged her coffee and Ferrier woke in a car. My clothes were a mess, my bra was undone, my top was untucked, and I'm sitting there going, oh my God, where am I? What's going on? I was so out of it. It was just awful. America's dad. More like America's uncle who wears Old Spice. While in the midst of her civil suit, Constance sues one of Cosby's lawyers and the National Enquirer for defamation. That's just pretty much every single month that happens. Cosby had spoken to the tabloid the year before, and Constance claimed the interview defamed her as it was intended to or knowing it would injure her. 2006, June. Philadelphia Magazine interviews another witness, Barbara Bowman. Cosby threw me on the bed and braced his forearm against my neck and attempted to disrobe me and, and himself, she said, in another Philadelphia interview later that year. I can still remember him messing with his belt, and I was screaming and crying and yelling and begging him to stop. This makes my freaking blood boil. All joking aside, it's ridiculous. 
November 2006, couple months off until the next allegation, Cosby settles with Constad, terms are not disclosed, and none of the 13 other women testify. December 2006, Merry Christmas, the following month, People Magazine publishes Bowman's account of several assaults. It was in a hotel in Reno, claims Bowman, that Cosby assaulted her one night in 86 and took my hand and his hand over it and he did blah, 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 who, although terrified, kept quiet about the incident and continued as Cosby's protege because she says, who's going to believe this? He was a powerful man. He was like the president. Before long, she was alone with Cosby again in his Manhattan townhouse. She was given a glass of red wine. And the next thing I know, I'm sick, I'm nauseous, and I'm delusional and limp. And I can't think straight. And I just came to wearing a men's t-shirt that wasn't mine, and he was in a white robe. That same People article reports that three of Jane Doe's from the March 2005 case, 2005 case accepted cash from Cosby for years, and two others began consensual sexual relationships with Cosby. Now, how much of this is consensual and how much isn't, I don't know. The guy's a philanderer. There's no doubt in my mind. But there's one common theme that happens. There is non-consensual sex, according to the women, and drugs are involved, and that would mean non-consensual. I'm sorry. If you are intoxicated and a woman says no, it's no. And if she's sober and says no, it's no. And even when a woman sometimes says yes, it's no. If you're a guy, it's very, very confusing. So the best thing I can say is go home, rub one out, or take a cold shower. I don't mean to be lewd, but that is exactly what needs to happen. No means no. He's not a 14-year-old kid or an 18-year-old kid with raging hormones. He was a man. He was an adult. It's not like he couldn't have gone across the street and paid for a prostitute or something like any normal man would do. But that's not why he did it. He did it for control and did it for power. There was nothing sexual about this. That's the thing about rape. It's not about sex. You can't align with it. You can't condone with it unless you're another rapist. Anybody who defends this behavior has to get some fucking serious mental help. February 2014, Katie Baker of Newsweek, Whitaker's former employer, interviews both Green and Bowman about the alleged assaults. Bowman tells Baker she was disappointed in the settlement, and Green recounts running into and accosting Cosby in Las Vegas, yelling, rapist, liar, asshole. In that order? <laughs> While Cosby doesn't issue a statement regarding Bowman's claims, his publicist responds to Green. Here's his publicist. Again, this guy makes his money. This is a 10-year-old discredited accusation that proved to be nothing at the time and is still nothing. More than likely. I added the more than likely. Can you imagine being this guy's publicist? October 2014, comedian Hannibal Burris does an extended bit about the rape charges in Cosby's hometown of Philadelphia. Bill Cosby has the fucking smuggest old black man public persona that I hate. Burris says, pull your pants up, black people. I was on TV in the 80s. I can talk down to you because I had successful sitcoms. Yeah, but you raped women, Bill Cosby. So, brings you down a couple notches, right? November 10, 2014, the Battle of the Bad Press. Cosby's PR team launches an online meme generator. Twitter is immediately inundated with references to the rape claims. November 13, 2014, inspired by the reactions to Burris's bit, Bowman pens an op-ed in the Washington Post titled, Bill Cosby Raped Me. Why did it take 30 years for people to believe my story? She notes that not only after a man called Bill Cosby a rapist in a comedy act last month, did the public outcry begin in earnest. Well, let's be fair. A lot of these allegations were hushed. A lot of money was paid to shut people up. And let's be honest, people kept coming back. Let's not lie. Some of these women came back multiple times after being raped, and they said, well, he was powerful and all-knowing. It doesn't fucking matter. If you're being raped, why do you keep coming back? Oh, it's about my job. Well, then you made a choice. 
I'm not trying to be insensitive. I am all for women empowerment. I am all for do not touch. I have physically beaten the living shit out of people, and I will openly admit it because they were beating their girlfriends and pulled them out of their house and whooped them with a fucking hockey stick. I understand. There's no excuse. But if you continue to keep going back under that person's employ, maybe there's more to the story. So I'm just trying to bring both sides here. I believe that some of these are incredibly credible. And I believe some of these are extremely suspect. But when you have like 87 allegations, if just one is true, it's enough. November 15th, Cosby is asked about the various charges on NPR's weekend edition, but stays silent. His lawyer later posts a statement, here he goes, saying Cosby won't dignify these allegations with a response because he can't. How do you dignify it? What do you what do you say? No, these never things never happen. Well, you're a liar. Yes, they happen. Well, now you deserve to go to jail. It's a catch-22. It's like the old saying. It's entrapment. It's like when a lawyer asks you, "Hey, do you still beat your wife?" Well, no. Oh, so you stopped. Do you still beat your wife? Well, what do you say? Yes. November 16th, a new accuser, Joanne Tarshis, alleges that Cosby, Cosby drugged and assaulted her on two occasions in 1969. As more and more of his rape victims have come forward, all telling similar stories, Tarshis says the time is right to join them. November 17, 2014, Linda Joy Traits, a former waitress at Cosby's Cafe Figaro, writes a lengthy Facebook post accusing the actor of trying to drug her in the early 70s. She says the incident occurred when Cosby drove her home one night. He drove out to the beach and opened a briefcase filled with assorted drugs and kept offering me pills to relax, which I declined. He began to get sexually aggressive and I wouldn't take uh, and wouldn't take no for an answer. I freaked out and demanded to be taken home for her. November 18th, 2014 on ET, supermodel Janice Dickinson becomes the next woman to accuse Cosby of sexual abuse, saying the comedian drugged and raped her in 1982. She recalls Cosby giving her wine and a pill which she told her were for menstrual cramps. Before I woke up in the morning, the last thing I remember was Bill Cosby in a patchwork robe, dropping his robe and getting on top of me. I'm not going to say the rest. I remember waking up with my pajamas off and blah, 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 blah. Trust me, folks. This shit is, if I have to censor it, it's bad. I have no problem saying just about anything. I am like trying not to throw up in my mouth. Dickinson alluded to the event in her 2002 memoir and later told Howard Stern she was asked to change the text to show Cosby in a better light. Netflix indefinitely shelves the Bill Cosby stand-up special that was set to air Thanksgiving week. November 19, 2014, nearly all remnants of Cosby vanishes from the airwaves as TV Land pulls the Cosby show reruns from its schedule and NBC scraps a sitcom it was developing with him. Listen, I understand scrapping a sitcom, but the Cosby show was a damn good show. It doesn't change the fact. I'm just saying this is where cancel culture is stupid. Yes, there are things in the past where we should not idolize people for what they've done, but they were in the past. Cosby show was a pretty amazing show. It talked about family values. It had a stand up mother and stand up father. I think that's important in the black community. I'm not a member of the black community, but I know it's a really big, important thing in the white community and it should be in the black community. And if you listen to most black leaders who care about minorities in the inner city, they will tell you that the family structure is single-handedly one of the things that's causing all the death, destruction, drugs, and moral decay in the urban communities. Bill Cosby, yes, is indeed a piece of shit, but the show had some very good points. That's not Bill Cosby there, remember. It's, what is it, Claire Huxtable and 
Dr. Huxtable, what are their names? The Associated Press releases video on November 6th interview with Cosby tells an AP interviewer to scuttle footage of him refusing to comment on the charges. If you want to consider yourself to be serious, he says, it will not appear anywhere, Cosby later says. He thought AP had the integrity not to ask. 2014, a hoax website in November publishes a story saying Raven Simone was abused by Cosby as a child. Simone disputes the rumor on Instagram. I was not taking blank advantage of by Mr. Cosby when I was on the Cosby show. I was practically a baby on that show, and this is truly a disgusting rumor that I want no part of. Everyone on that show treated me with nothing but kindness. Now keep me out of this. Good for her. Listen, at least he has that going for him. He's not a pedo. Three additional women accused Cosby of sexual assault. Carla Ferrigno, wife of the manager of Incredible Hulk actor Lou Ferrigno, says Cosby attacked her. Holy shit, you messed with the Hulk's wife? How stupid are you? Lou Ferrigno, literally his bicep weighs more than Bill Cosby's leg. He grabbed her and kissed her in 1967 and love American style actress Louisa Moritz Moritz tells TMZ that Cosby forced her to perform sex on him in tonight's show Green Room in 1971 and nurse Teresa Serignese claims Cosby drugged and raped her in 1976. In another statement, Cosby's lawyer condemns the media driven feeding frenzy and calls the latest round of allegations utter nonsense. They're not preposterous. Now they're nonsense. It's kind of nonsense, folks. As he writes, people are trying to come up with these wild stories in order to justify why they have waited 40 to 50 years to disclose these ridiculous accusations. Maybe because a lot of people want to put it out of their mind. Maybe because women are subjected to this type of shit all the time in the workplace, or at least used to be. Now there's HR departments, there's cameras, the people come forward, there's whistleblowers. It still happens, folks. It's happened in places that I have worked and I've been in charge of and sexual allegations have come to my front door and I have absolutely had to address them in the workplace. Not against me, of course. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is I am the point of contact that they reached out to and then I would go to HR. It happened all the time. But also male sexual harassment happens at a, a rapid clip as well. If you think it doesn't, it's just different. November 21st, 2014, three more accusers step forward, all tell similar stories. These people uh, are Renita Cheney Hill, Angela Leslie, happened in a Las Vegas uh, hotel room, multiple theaters, and Treasure Island Hotel in the casino. Folks, this list goes on and on and on, and I could probably spend another 25 minutes on it. Here's what it comes down to. I, I'm still scrolling. Since I started that little comment, I'm now in January 2015. There are 150 different accusations and cases, and all of them are horrendous. He put shit in my Coke. He went ahead and uh, was at the Playboy Mansion and did this. Uh, He was at a hotel room, and he was completely drunk, and he forced himself on top of me. It is ad nauseum, the same crap over and over. Now, I understand that some of these cases are so old they can't be tried. I understand exactly what people are trying to say, that you want to assume that a guy like this could be innocent, that all of this is just made up, but it's not. This is the indefensible. I understand when 16 women came out against Donald Trump but hadn't said anything prior, and these accusations were all malignant in a lot of ways. They didn't have any facts. They wasn't accurate. The timelines didn't match up. The same thing with Kavanaugh. We understand that, that that is a hit job. This 
is not. This man is a predator. He is a rapist. He is an opportunist. He is a druggist and honestly should be in the jail for the rest of his days. I think you should castrate him and honestly hang him from a yardarm. I don't care how much I loved Bill Cosby at one point. I don't care how much he influenced my life as a father and some of the stories that he told about childbirth and kids. All of those things stick with me, and I love him for it. Just like I enjoyed O.J. Simpson run a football, and I also loved him in Naked Gun, but he most assuredly killed Nicole Brown Simpson. And Bill Cosby most assuredly at least raped, drugged, abused, molested one woman, if not 87 different ones. This man doesn't need your defense. He needs every single person to condemn his actions and move forward. Two years, three years does not forgive the unforgivable. The snarkier the berry, the sweeter the juice. The Twitter Roddy are snarking at Crenshaw, Dan Crenshaw from Texas, my former congressman today, for wanting to cancel Barry for her display on the podium at Saturday's Olympic trials. You guys saw the little picture that I put up. I talked about it in my show where she turned her back on the flag, put her head down. She got third place, got a bronze star in the hammer throw. But kicking someone off a national team because they don't respect the nation they're representing isn't really cancellation if you think about it. The same way that targeting some rando at their job for an ungood opinion they hold is. National pride is a basic job requirement in this case. Crenshaw is saying we wouldn't ask the State Department to employ a diplomat known for telling audiences that America sucks, even if that diplomat were otherwise unusually skilled in their niche. And I happen to agree. That's paraphrasing Mr. Crenshaw. He didn't say those exact words, but that's what he meant. And anybody who reads it can understand. You are an ambassador for the United States. You go and the IOC selects you based upon your skill set, but also that you're a morally upstanding human being. Remember when Michael Phelps said he smoked weed? Remember when Brody Miller said he came in hungover? They were almost ostracized and kicked out. Don't you remember the other idiot who uh, was on the swim team? Was it Lochte? Who went ahead and stole something? In, in South America, I want to say in Brazil, in those games, and literally he was he, they weren't going to extradite him and let him free. I mean, folks, you have to ensure a few things. One is that you're a good, upstanding, moral human being, that you will represent your country, and that you're not going to do anything illicit like taking drugs or you don't have a criminal record. These are all part of the Olympic Games, and they disqualify you. It's just like a beauty pageant. If your past comes up, things can actually disqualify you. Well, the same thing is in the present. And your actions speak louder than any words because you're on the national stage. But because this show is fair, the flip side of that, though, is that Barry is a world-class athlete. And the Olympics isn't purely diplomatic. It's meritocratic, too, based upon merit. Most medals given out are for individual performance, not national team achievement. Barry's worked hard to succeed, and she stayed within the rules. I want you to understand the rules state that she did exactly what she could do. She can protest in qualifiers, just not in Tokyo. The one time she didn't, the U.S. Olympic Committee ended up changing those rules and apologizing to her. Certain demonstrations of political opinions, like raising a fist on the podium, are now explicitly allowed by the USOC. So why should she be sanctioned for tanking advantage by being denied the opportunity of a lifetime? All of which is a long way of saying that whether or not you agree that she should be kicked off the team, she's not going to be. And honestly, she shouldn't be. And here's why. And yes, I posted the meme and it's gotten a lot of likes and I created it. I get it. I don't like her. 
I don't have to root for her. I would love the fact if she would have just faced the flag, stared at the flag, kept her hands by her side, or kept her head down. It still would have showed deference. What she did was completely disrespectful. And she's enjoying this attention. Saturday's display during the national anthem has brought her naturally, and just as naturally, she's pretending that she doesn't understand any of it. I can't understand why people are doing this. She also noted that she's never said she hates the United States, although that may be a matter of parsing the definition of hate. Would contemptuous of a country she'll never forgive for its historic history of racial prosecution work better? No. I feel like we're about to enter a strange news cycle in which right-leaning people who despise Colin Kaepernick for having kneeled during the national anthem before NFL games start holding him up as a relative model of respectful protest via V. Barry. Kneeling is at least a gesture of humility and reverence. Barry turning her back on the flag radiated scorn compared to that. And even though I don't agree with Colin Kaepernick, taking a knee is disrespectful to veterans, but it is the preferred way. And we've kind of come to accept it. About 65% of America think it's bullshit. But there is a large demographic that think it's respectful. I happen to think that anything other than standing at attention, putting your hand over your heart, and saying the pledge or respecting the national anthem is honestly disloyal to the country. But I also think that freedom of speech is important. And you have the right. I don't want to live in a country that makes you stand for the national anthem. I just have a couple ideas that could possibly be better for her in the future. There seems to be a mutually agreeable solution to this problem of an athlete having to represent a country that he or she doesn't respect. Let her compete at the games. I've watched a lot of Olympics, and I see this all the time as an independent athlete, the same way athletes from countries in turmoil or countries that have violated Olympic rules or can't agree on the sovereignty. What about Syria? What about Lebanon, what about other countries that might be occupied at the time and have to go ahead and put themselves as an independent athlete? What about if they don't agree with the politics of their country? They can do that as well. A lot of countries do this, including Russia, that didn't necessarily get involved in steroids but can't compete because they're with Russia. They'll go ahead and say they're an independent athlete. I assume Barry would be happy not to have to wear USA on her chest or hear the Star Spangled Banner. And if she ever takes gold which I doubt if she is an independent athlete, she doesn't have to partake. And I assume that a lot of proud Americans would prefer not to have someone as contemptuous of the country. They love representing it in Tokyo. So don't require her to. It's the only way I can think of to decouple the meritocratic part of the Olympic competition from the diplomatic part. Let Barry compete and strive for individual glory as one of the best in the world at what she does, but give her the choice of doing it in her capacity as an individual. The differences between her and much of the U.S. population appear irreconcilable. Grant her a divorce in Tokyo if she wants one. Both sides will be happier in the long run. But here's the thing that I have kind of reflected on. I am promoting her stupidity. I am promoting her ignorance with my meme. Deanna Price only needed one good throw to make her second Olympic team. But Price, the 2019 Hammer Throw World Champion, went above and beyond at this event in the U.S. Olympic track and field trials on that Saturday afternoon. Of Price's six attempts in the women's hammer final, five would have been good enough for first place. The outlier, her fourth throw, was a foul. Brooke Anderson finished second. And these are the ladies that we should be recognizing. 
let's not give Miss Barry any more air. Ignore her. She's third place. She has much chance of winning as nobody. She's not going to win. She's not as talented as the other two ladies. She was decimated. She deserved bronze. And she won't place when it's the world stage. If she does, I'll be very, very surprised. She's arrogant. She's naive. She makes up stories. She has no idea of what she speaks. She says that there's certain parts in the national anthem that actually specifically reference slavery. No, you idiot. There aren't. And yes, it has been rewritten and it has been changed and certain parts have been removed because of the bitching that ensued in the 1960s about this. This is a fight that's already been fought. It is a war that's already been won. But this is what liberals do. They make it about them. She couldn't have just stood and shook hands with those two ladies and just stood there quietly and accepted her bronze medal. She had to make it about something else, which was a moment that had nothing to do with her all about her. Yo, Quiro, Kiro, Yo, Quiro. Jeez. Yo, here's another one. I'm really going to get doxxed. Yo, Quiro. <laughs> Yo, Kiro, Taco Bell. Yo, Kiro, Border Hell. That's a tongue twister. Speaking at a portion of a border wall that suddenly just cuts off, former President Donald Trump today on his visit to the border with Texas GOP Governor Greg Abbott hailed the progress of his administration that has been unwound by President Joe Biden. Quote, when you look at what's happened and you look at the job that we've done and when you look at the results that we have had and all of the statistics, no matter what you look at, it's the greatest job ever done in history. <laughs> God, I miss Donald Trump. Trump told a news conference with a large group of Trump-backing Republican lawmakers Wednesday and aired live on Newsmax and American Agenda. Trump was speaking at a portion of border wall that was constructed during his administration, but just stops at a wide open gap at the southern border in McAllen, Texas and still lacks paint, lamenting to Newsmax Emerald Robinson. All Joe Biden had to do was paint it. I thought the governor's choice, quote, of this location, number one, it's a very active location, Trump said. It's the exact wall that Border Patrol, ICE, and all of the professionals wanted, the sheriff said. I didn't want to give him any choice. Let's build it right and do it right. Right. So what happened is all of these things came together. We produced the safest, best border we've ever had, and now in a period of a short period of time, it was over. He's got to work on the oh, whatever Trump added criticism of the election that seating Biden in the White House and also mocked New York's Democratic mayoral primary ranked choice voting issues that mistakenly counted 135,000 test ballots. Quote, they are destroying our country. Biden is destroying our country. And it all started with a fake election, Trump said. And you take a look at New York right now. New York went through an election for the mayor of New York, and it's so mixed up and messed up. Nobody's ever seen anything like it, but I did. Because if you look at the congressional election in New York or go to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, or go to many other places, the same thing. And now we talk about the big one because the big one was won by a very different person. Quote, and you wouldn't have these problems. This wall would have been completed within two months. Everything could have been completed. It would have been painted, not sitting there rotting and rusting. Quote, it would have been perfecto. It was all set. The contractors were great. Near the end of his roughly 20 minutes of speaking, Trump did tease a 2024 run for re-election, joking if one of Texas's officials at the border would be his campaign manager. Quote, are you going to be my campaign manager? Are you going to be my manager if I do this again? Trump said, joking on a potential earlier return to the White House, adding, maybe we won't have to. Once he started talking about the federal election, Fox News cut him off. Listen, Donald Trump is, they're trying to silence him. And honestly, 
he needs to move off the election. If he goes into 2024 still talking about the election, he's going to lose. He, I have said it before, has a wonderful personality to draw half the country towards him and have the other half hate him. He needs to understand to focus on policy, to focus on his results, and keep the personal opinion out of it. Use that for your rallies. Use that for your one-on-one donations and your fundraisers. When you were on the national stage speaking from the bully pulpit, keep it generic. I promise you, if he just does a little bit of a dog and pony show, he has a chance to get back, especially with DeSantis on his coattails. If he continues to do this, I'm afraid he will come out He will be in the primary, and he will ultimately lose in the general election and not make it to the general election in any way, shape, or form. And maybe that's his plan, to push somebody forward and then go ahead and use that leverage to endorse them and transfer votes to that person. I wouldn't be surprised if it's DeSantis. But here's the thing about the border. More than 100,000, what this represents is the encounters and arrests of migrants by U.S. authorities in the past month. More than 3,700. What this number represents, how many unaccompanied migrant children were in customs and border protection custody as of March? And now it's close to 5,700. 13. What this number represents, how many undocumented migrants died in a car crash near the border last week? 453. What this number represents, the number of miles of border wall built during Trump's presidency. As of late March, it's safe to say that the family members have eclipsed unaccompanied children as the fastest growing category of migrants now being encountered at the border. Nearly 1,000 with drug convictions, 265 sex offenders among those caught by Border Patrol after crossing the border illegally. El Paso, Tucson, Arizona see a steady migration increase. Two out of those three have lived. Biden dumping illegal migrants around the nation without notice. In one case, 19 were sent to Iowa and then put on a bus to other cities, including Fort Wayne, Indiana, to meet up with guardians. You see, Democrats weren't always against closed borders. They believed in closed borders. They were actually one of the strongest advocates for a border wall and actually to have increased immigration law when Reagan was president because the Hispanic vote went to Reagan and they wanted that to stop. Even Barack Obama was one of the massive exporters of illegal immigrants in the United States. Democrats only changed their tune when it became a political issue about build that wall. That's why a lot of the policies haven't changed, and Joe Biden actually is enforcing some of them, and he's telling them to stay home and not come in. The problem is, is that they know he has no teeth, that he's not going to do anything about it. Where Donald Trump most assuredly would charge them with a crime or ship them back where they came from, Joe Biden won't. Joe Biden will do it in the dark of night because he knows that if he goes against that campaign promise, it'll kill him in 2024 or whoever is going to run in 2024, and it probably isn't going to be Joe Biden. The border crisis is real. Fentanyl, drugs coming over the border, prescription medication, illegal immigrants, crime, it all happens. The unfortunate thing is that Donald Trump was doing an amazing job. The numbers were down and the best we had seen in almost 30 years. The border wall was working, and, com- and, and cities like El Paso and Tucson and any of the other border cities were seeing a reduction in illegal immigration and crossings. It's bad for the country. It's bad for the workforce. It drains the economy, and we are not a welfare state, or at least we shouldn't be. The problem is, is we have 21 million illegals in this country, some estimate, and we'll never know because we couldn't ask that on the census. Why? Because it was racist. 
I'm not sure why we can ask every other American what their race is, but we can't ask un-Americans what their race is. It comes down to this. The border crisis is very, very real, and people will deny it. People say they want open borders, and they have no idea what they speak. They talk about France. They talk about other countries in Europe that have open borders. And yes, and they have some of the largest amounts of Islamic terrorists that are absolutely destroying certain parts of their wonderful cities. We should not allow open borders. We should have controlled migration. And that is the only way we can maintain ourselves as Americans, maintain our individuality, our freedom, and that we are a nation of laws. Folks, that's it for my show tonight. Thank you for stopping by. I appreciate it. That's 179. I'll be back tomorrow. That's right, for 180. It is just climbing up. It's amazing when you do this many shows. Thank you for stopping by. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, please leave me a little comment down below. Uh, Tell me what your thoughts are. If you agree, you disagree, love me, hate me, I don't care, just don't unfriend me. Leave me a comment, and we will try to talk about it. Remain civil and kind and be nice. That's important. You can like, share, and subscribe right here if you wouldn't mind. That little red envelope on YouTube allows you to follow and subscribe. And also, you can hit the like and follow button on Facebook to get all my updates. And when I am going live, I am usually on around 9.30 Eastern or 21.30 Monday through Friday, and I'm off on the weekends. I go ahead and bow out, as I always do, the Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255, press 1. Veteran Crisis Line is there to help veterans. 22 commit suicide a day. It is way too many. They need your help. Please reach out to a veteran. Fourth of July is coming up. All those booms and hisses and pops can trigger PTSD, anxiety, depression, and traumatic brain injury. They may need your help. Reach out. Ask a vet how you can help. If they refuse, you can also give me a call, send me a note. I will do what I can to reach out to them. And if that doesn't work, please just tell them to go to donutfriendly.com. Click on the VCL link. It's up in the top right-hand corner of the site, and you'll be connected to a VCL operator immediately. If you are a civilian, they won't turn you away. They'll find you the help you need. Please give them a call as well. VCL is there to help. Folks, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Let me know what you thought about the show tonight. I will see you tomorrow, bright and early and with bells on. Have a good night. Talk to you soon.